Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast. And this is the podcast interview that you've all been waiting for. Um, today, I have Kalana Barfield Brown on the podcast. Uh, let me talk you through who she is. Fashion, insight, fashion insider, style savant, beauty correspondent, Kalana Barfield Brown has carved a niche for herself in the ever-evolving, uber-competitive world of fashion and beauty that transcends traditional titles. From writing countless feature stories to reporting live on the red carpet over the course of her career, Brown has earned the distinction of respected journalists and emerged as a staple among the industry. In her current role as fashion and beauty editor-at-large at InStyle, Brown writes and edits in-depth fashion and beauty features while routinely making appearances as a guest on top-rated national television shows such as Today, The View, Extra, Entertainment Tonight, and Wendy Williams. Brown's on-air experience also includes hosting InStyle's Jewelry Collection on HSN, where she gives a tutorial on styling and keeping up with the season's style trends. Brown's career began with an internship at InStyle, where she handled menial tasks and floated between departments to learn the ins and outs of the magazine business. After her internship ended, Brown moved home to Seattle where she was born and raised and soon and was soon called back to work for InStyle. Over the course of her career, Brown has earned her stripes in stride, climbing the ranks from assistant beauty editor to beauty editor, senior beauty editor, beauty director, and now fashion and beauty editor at large. In 2016, Brown penned a riveting essay, which I read, for InStyle entitled Pretty for a Dark Skin Girl that delved into her personal experiences growing up dark complexioned. Brown's story sparked meaningful dialogue among, among subscriber, subscribers and garnered attention across national multimedia platforms, ultimately helping people learn to embrace beauty from within. Brown attended Howard University, where she graduated cum laude with a BA in journalism and joined Delta Sigma Theta sorority. Mm -hmm. She lives in Brooklyn with her husband, Dwayne, and daughter, Dylan. Kalana, well <laughs> welcome. I mean, uh, I mean, I just, I have so many things to talk about, but I am, I'm so glad to have you. Before I even let you say anything, I just have to tell you that you are, you are who we all want to be and who, if I were like an 18, 16, even 22 year old girl, I, I would want to be you today. Oh, my <laughs> Well, listen, I would want to be you. So oh, please. That is, that is completely fair. You know, we've talked about it. Like, I just love everything you're doing and just have so much respect for you. And I'm like cheering you on. And uh, I'm just so happy that we're finally doing this. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So I have so many questions, Kalana. Yeah. So I think, I mean, you're from Seattle, mm -hmm. you go to Howard university mm -hmm. and before you got to InStyle, what did you do after college? Well, I actually literally moved to New York the day after I graduated. No! The day after, packing my bags. My family was still in DC after the <laughs> And I was on the next thing smoking to New York and I started an internship at Suede Magazine. Okay. I'm not sure if you remember Suede, but it Girl, was- Girl, yes, I do. I loved so Suede. Fly. It was so It fly. was so good. It was, you know, it was for us, you know? Mm -hmm. and I think that that was what was so great. It was like this startup that Essence was doing and it was targeted to young people and everything they were, were doing was just cool. You know, it was like the flyest fashions, they were flying to Africa and yes. stories and, you know, it was so dope. And I took that internship um, to get my foot in the door and- I was getting paid a stipend of 17, no, $15 a day. A day, not an hour. An hour a day. And that a day. was literally just a food allowance. Wow. Um, and, you know. In New York? Girl, you can right. barely even get. Girl, you can't even get a salad for $15. <laughs> that was, right. You no, know, but it was just like, for me, I just, I just wanted the energy. I just wanted the experience. I wanted to be in the building. And. Uh -huh. You know, I took that um, I took that internship and I just soaked it up like a sponge. I was like, you know, when you you know, I know I've heard Diddy say it like goosebump factor, like almost yes. like you're hearing someone who has such a special voice seeing like your it does something to your skin and your skin crawls. That's how I felt when I walked into that office. Wow. It was like being inspired by 
just the art, just the creativity of a work, a magazine environment, being around clothes, being around these amazing, brilliant editors. Like I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, my parents were very much like, uh, we just paid. (laughs) My mom was very much like, okay, you're going to do what to to internship? Like, okay. You have a degree now and you're going to go make $15 a day. When all my friends were walking into paying jobs, all of them, you know, um, but she was, you know, I love my mom so much because she was supportive and she trusted me. And I told mm-hmm. my mom, like, trust me, mom. Like, I know that I can do it. I know that I'm going to make it mark. And I know someone's going to hire me. Like, just stick with me. And, yeah. you know, and that's exactly what I did. So, yeah. So I started the day after I graduated from Howard at Suede as an intern. Wow. Did you did you feel some kind of way? Like, I, I had sort of like a similar post-college story. Mm -hmm. And like my first year out of college, I made $10,000, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. So did you, did you ever like compare yourself to your peers? You know, there was no Instagram at the time to keep up with folks, Mm -hmm. but like, did you feel some kind of way about it at all? To be honest with you, in my mind, after kind of, like I said, feeling like that I had that goosebump factor walking into, you know, Uh I just kept on thinking about the bigger picture. Like once I make it and once I establish myself, like I'm going to be doing something every single day that I love. Uh I'm going to work every day doing something that I love. Whereas some of my friends took jobs that might, they may have necessarily, you know, not really, it wasn't their dream job, but it was going to pay the bills and it was going to give them money. Uh And I just felt like I rather sacrifice, you know, money right now and put in the work for a for eventually having a career in a lifetime of a job that I am happy in and I doesn't even feel like work because I really love what I do. So I just knew that it would pay off in just it would pay off in the long run. And somebody told me early on, like, you know, stick with your plan A. When you have a plan B, it distracts you from your plan A. Ooh, girl. That was me all day. I was just like, you know what? I'm not even going to think about this plan B. I'm going to go with this plan A and I'm going to ride it out until the wheels fall off. Mm-hmm. I know that it's going to pay off. Awesome. So how long were you at Suede uh, before, like how long was the internship? So you know, I, what was the next step? So um, I had been at Suede for maybe a month. It was okay. really, really quick. And when I was in, when I was in my senior year at Howard, um, second semester, I had applied for an internship at InStyle and I came up to New York. And it's so funny when I think about what I wore to my interview. <laughs> I went to BCBG. I wore this like, it was like a power suit. It was tweed. It was, it. I thought I was doing it. I had a briefcase, girl. Like, I was like, I walked up <laughs> in there like, yes, Devil Wears Prada. And yes. it's so funny thinking about that now. Like I would never, ever, like, one, I would never wear that. And two, I probably would never hire someone who wore that. that. Was, I have those two questions for you about like things to wear. So I'm so glad you, so you, you pull up, you, you got your briefcase, you yes. got your tweed suit on. Yes. And I, so I interviewed for, you know, um, an internship there. And uh-huh. I came to New York and I remember like doing my research. Like you couldn't tell, like I could tell you those, those stories that ran in the magazine in and out. I could tell you about the editors behind the stories. And I remember like feeling like I killed my interview, you know? Okay. Um, and I went back to New York after, I mean, went back to DC after and I hadn't heard anything. So I just, you know, I just went to, I took the job at Suede, the internship at Suede. But while I was at Suede, uh-huh. Six weeks later, InStyle called me and offered me the internship. So wow. I left Suede and went to InStyle and I have been there ever since. Oh my God. So it's not like you didn't get on Twitter and start me and like, they never called me back. You yeah. just kind of mm-hmm. hung back. Did you, did you follow up? I guess that's the question. After you did your, in, after you did your interview, mm-hmm. how did you follow up? I followed up with the internship coordinator a few uh-huh. times, you know, just, okay. you know, just asking, checking on the status and yeah, no real feedback. And so, you know, and I just tried to say positive uh-huh. know that that was my dream job. Like that was the dream magazine that I wanted to work for. Um, okay. you know, in school, I was always a magazine junkie. I had subscriptions to Vogue. There was Lucky at the time and, you know, um, Ale, bizarre, but I had always really loved InStyle. And there was an editor, his name was Hal Rubenstein. Uh-huh. And I just loved his pages and I loved his writing voice and I loved everything about 
him that I knew. And so that was like where I wanted to work. Now I started as an intern at InStyle and mm-hmm. that eventually became into a job. But I mean, there was some, you know, I left okay. my internship um, and I could tell you a little bit of kind of how that happened. So you were, you went from $15 a day at Sway to how much? $7 an hour at InStyle. Girl, seven dollars <laughs> an, an hour. Yes. And, okay. Um, you know, I was living on my line sister's couch on okay. Harlem, um, and on a, and then I was sleeping on an air mass- mattress at my profile's house. I had to kind of rotate because I wasn't making enough money to be able to really pay right pay rent. Um, but then also I had. I got a second job. So after my internship was over, I worked in retail at Club Monaco on Fifth Avenue. Okay. Really just to give me money to be able to buy the clothes that I needed to wear to look the part while I was in the office. Um, Right. I couldn't, you know, ask my mom for, really, I didn't feel comfortable asking my mom for anything. So I just wanted to do it on my own. And she was there if I really needed it. My my bank account was like negative (laughs) and I had no money. And I'm like, I'd be like, mom, I, be- I mean, I could, it's so funny. I could just, I remember calling her like at least once a month where I had no money in my bank account yeah. and she'd be like, you know, she'd be like, okay. And she would go straight to the bank and I thank her to this day. I'm always like, mom, you have my back so much. Yes. I wanted to do this on my own. But when I, when I fell out fat on my place and I needed the money, she was always there for me. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you, you do the internship. Does it end? So yeah, so okay. what happened was, so I started my internship. Now, I'm a fashion girl. I live, sleep, and breathe fashion, I had, I, and I have since I was like six years old. I have always just loved fashion. I used to, my mom would always say, like, I would take my clothes when I was a little girl, and I would roll up my shirts, and I would, you know, wear, like, pull my clothes over my, you know, try mm-hmm. wear my backwards. I was just <laughs> very creative. I always loved fashion, and mm-hmm. so I... You know, I majored in journalism at Howard really because, you know, my parents wouldn't have paid for me to major in fashion just because, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's so narrow. And, yes. you know, I felt like majoring in journalism was much more broad and I would have um, the experience that if fashion didn't work out, I could always go somewhere else with a journalism major. Oh, yeah. Um, so after, so I get to InStyle, they hired me as a general intern. I wanted to be a fashion intern. I wanted to be in the fashion closet, but they didn't have a spot there. So yeah, no. I got hired as a general intern. And that's basically a floater where you're in a d- different department every day, whoever needs you. And it was really a blessing in disguise because I so desperately wanted to be in fashion. But being a floater, I was able to work with different editors and uh-huh. make different relationships and make an impact on different people. And, you know, I feel like it also helped me really learn various departments at the magazine and the way the magazine really works. I wasn't just stuck in the fashion closet. I was one day in the art department learning about um, design. And the next day I was in, you know, the home and life department, which is all about really anything that's not fashion and beauty. So candles, mugs, you know, or whatever. So I got to learn really about the different departments. And I I just feel like that was really great because I got to make more relationships. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, really how I got my job, I'll just be honest. Our, there was a beauty, I met the beauty director. I filled in for her assistant one day, her assistant um, out and I filled in and I, you know, I made an impression. Yep. And maybe a few weeks later, her assistant went on a two week vacation Wow. I tell people this all the time as an assistant, you know, in a very junior role, never take a two week vacation. Me, you're just giving someone an opportunity to take a job. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I, I mean, really my honeymoon, which was just a year ago, was the first time I took a two week vacation in my career. Wow. You know, as a young, you know, as a young assistant, if I was going to take vacation, I would take a Friday off, a Monday off, but I'm never going to be gone in my job. Just gone. Just gone for that chunk of time where somebody's going to have to fill in and they could possibly do my job better than I do. Right. So So you you fill in and get a real job. You know, when she told me that I would be filling in for two weeks, I was like, oh, here we go. That's all. Let's go. Like I, one thing I can say, my dad always taught me. He's like, you might not always be the smartest person, 
But what you do have is work ethic. You can yep. always outwork somebody. Yep. That's something that you can always do. So it was for me, it was like, this is my opportunity to show this beauty director what I can do. I'm telling you, when I would that the work day started at 10, I would get to the office at seven. Her Whoa. Was spick and span clean God. on her desk. Her her papers were organized. Like, I mean, I was scrubbing like Lysol in the, the her desk. Like I was like, she was walking in and she was like, whoa, like I, she had never had that ever, yep. her assistant. And I, you know, I made an impression. And so I've been there, you know, for even after that experience, being her assistant, filling in for two weeks, we kind of, she loved me after that. Of course. He was all, we always had this kind of great chemistry and really my internship, it was kind of coming to an end. I applied for a job. I was getting really discouraged uh-huh. and interviewing for different magazine positions and nothing was really working out. I had this long distance relationship that I was in, like my high school sweetheart. And we were also together during college. And, you know, when you're young and you think that, yeah. oh, I'm going to get married. This is, you know, you uh-huh. know, you're clueless. I was like, okay, he wanted me to move back to Seattle. So I was like, okay, if I'm able to get a job in fashion in Seattle, like I'll do it. So I applied for a job at Nordstrom. Nordstrom is based in Seattle. And okay. I got a position as an assistant buyer. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go back home. I'm just going to take the job and money. And I was just like, okay, I'll do it. So on my last day at InStyle, I walked around and gave everyone thank you cards. And, you know, just wow. experience. And the beauty director asked me, you know, if there was ever an assistant position at InStyle, would you move back to New York? And I was like, of course. She was like, okay, send me your information. Like, email me your contact information, like your cell phone, your email address. And I was like, okay. And I'm thinking when I walk away, this lady is never going to call me. Right. She's like, oh, let me get your resume. Right. <laughs> Across the country, back to Seattle. Like, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. So I moved back home. I hadn't even started the job my leak. Like, I, it must have been a week later. Uh-huh. The, I'm at home. I look on the caller ID. There's a phone call from Time Inc. That uh-huh. And she's like, Kalana, this is Amy Sinnott, the beauty director at InStyle. Uh, my heart is beating. I'm like, yeah. Amy, <laughs> I have a position um, that opened and I wanted to know if you would like to take an edit test, you know, to be considered for the job. And I was like, absolutely. I wrote the test. I sent it in. My leak, maybe a day later, two days later, she called and gave me the job. <gasps> but what job was it? Was it working it, for her? It, it be working for her as her assistant. She fired her assistant. Girl. Girl. Fired her assistant to hire What? Dang. So old girl goes on a vacation for two weeks. Yes. Let's Amy, give, she lets her stay for, gets a little time together. And she's like, see, oh my gosh. Okay. So, so then you, you go back. Mm-hmm. I moved back to New York and literally the rest was history. My gosh. So beauty assistant. And I just really dedicated my life to my job and making impressions and working really, really hard. I mean, for so long, I would, I would leave the office at like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, every night, every night. But see, but Kalana, I, I have a question because I was the same way. And I feel like now because there's, there's so, it's so easy to see what you think people are doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, if I look at your Instagram, it looks like you're just wearing bomb clothes, like <laughs> all over the world. And no, it doesn't, you don't, you look refreshed mm-hmm. and you don't look like you've ever stayed in the office until 10 oh o'clock at night. But like, what was your reasoning? Like when you started, when you said that you came in at seven and were like dusting her, I was getting chills, like dusting her office. Like I, 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 I remember when there was like a lot of young people doing that. Like, yeah, like that's, I, that was our generation. That was, yeah. it was, we knew we had to do it, especially as a young black girl working in an environment yes. where I'm probably one of the only ones. If, if not the only one is, you know, there, are, I can count on one hand, how many of there are, how many of us are there and you have to work that much harder and you have to yes. go above and beyond to make an impression. And I, I didn't, I didn't take that lightly. I knew that in order for me to really excel, like I had to put in that work. And to be honest with you, I was passionate about everything that I was doing. So I wanted to put in that work. All I wanted to do was to show, you know, this world, like I can, I can be a force. I can do this and give me the opportunity and I will show you. And so I was all every day was like, what can I do? How can I make a better impression? 
what can I, what more can I absorb and soak up like a sponge to make me a better editor? Um, how can I improve my writing? Who can I send this to to get feedback? Um, you know, who can I send my text to to get feedback? Wow. Who can I connect with and have dinner with? And, you know, like those those were things that I thought every day. It was like a list, a checkoff list about like mm-hmm. how I can hustle harder. You know, yep. how I can yep. hustle harder. And that was just my grind. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's, that's, what, yeah. That's, what, that's what we did. Like, I remember when I worked at the um, PR firm, that was like my first full time job out of college. And every morning it would be like the papers would be out and they wouldn't put enough for the entire office out. So only the assistants who got there early enough to get them for their boss got them. Yeah. So yeah. the last thing I'm going to do is be the person who doesn't have the papers and the dailies or whatever, the weeklies right. for my boss. So it's like, I- I'm showing up. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but okay, as you were climbing up though, and you, you're on your hustle and your grind, there had to be some challenges. Yeah. Alana, like what would you say were some things that like along the way, did you ever feel discouraged? You did say you were the only sort of like woman of color. And I just know being in rooms, going in circles, like uh, maybe some of those brands, not necessarily, even though you're from InStyle, did they ever sort of play you? Um, There were, there were, there were many challenges. I think one, and I think that this is black people in general. Sometimes we are just happy to be in the building. Uh-huh. we're afraid to kind of rock the boat and we're afraid to. So it was like, you know, I'm in this job and I was so happy, but there were times where maybe, um, maybe I felt like my voice didn't matter. This was, you know, early on in my career where it was like, I would may have been like a little bit discouraged to speak up in a meeting because, you know, I'm just this little assistant, I'm this little black girl and I should just be happy to be here. Right. Um, so, you know, there were times like that where maybe there's a story that it's like, you know, I don't see any people of color in this story. And, you know, and and I, in the beginning, wouldn't say anything. And I mm-hmm. had to grow to get to the point where, I mean, now I'm like Angela Davis. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. not bring me a story and there's like no person of color. Like, I'm going to clap back. Yeah. But, you know, it took a minute for me to get there. It took mm-hmm. a minute for me to get there. And, you know, I remember like someone who was a mentor of mine saying to me, you know, um, you need to know when to speak up and you need to know when to shut up. Mm. And I took that, I really took that and I, and it was like the Bible, you know, and it was like, I, I wanted to kind of be able to learn how to make people comfortable. So I never wanted to be that person that always like, Oh my God, she's always like, you know, always saying there's no, you know, there's always <laughs> type of some type yeah. of you or like, I never wanted to be that person, but if it was something that I was really passionate about, I just had to because it just I couldn't I wouldn't be able to live with myself. But there were times where I have been in environments where I felt like we might not have been included or, you know, I maybe heard something that I didn't feel like was right or, you know, and, and that's just a very uncomfortable position. Also, as a beauty editor, I'm meeting with every single brand uh-huh. coming to show me their collections, you know, their new foundations that, you know, that are launching and. A lot of times there would be times where they would bring foundations and they would talk about how fabulous this formula is. And then I'm like, oh, let me try it. There's no color that matches my skin. You wow. know? Yeah. So so you're 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 presenting this and you want this to be an in style, but I'm a beauty editor as a black woman, like you're telling I see this. So your this collection is not for black women. Right. You know? And so I had to also learn how to have those conversations and say, you know. Are you? Are there plans on deepening the 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 shade range? Like, and and uh-huh. I, that once I kind of learned how to do that, I feel like that's when I was really to step into. I was really able to step into my role and own it. Wow, had a point of view, you know. Yeah. But there were times in the beginning where you know I was kind of a little bit nervous to 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 do that because I'm representing this amazing brand. Um, but th- there were very t- there were many times where you know things were um. I just would say about inclusion uh-huh. that I felt like, you know, um, I had to speak up or maybe I didn't speak up and I beat myself up about not speaking up. And then I had to get to the point where I, um, where I just had to be, I just had to be confident enough to do it because I have a responsibility in a role at a place like this that I have, my voice matters, you know, yeah, yeah. Think, you know, that's why that, that, that's one one of the reasons why I feel like I'm in this place where, you know, I don't work for Essence magazine, you know, mm-hmm. or 
a mainstream media company. And a lot of times, you know, we can be overlooked. So what I can offer to this magazine, I can offer my uniqueness. I can offer my voice and I can offer um, my opinion on issues that are important to me and my my community. And so that's what has really um, just kind of set me apart that I can do that. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's worked in my favor. Yes. Have you ever, sometimes I've had people on, have you ever struggled with like imposter syndrome? You know, you, you, you're big, you've made it. Have you ever looked and been like, am I, do I really deserve all of this? Or yes, I have, Okay. I have, you know, I have, I would, I'd be lying to say that I haven't, but, um, I have to go back to say to to those days and think about like you know what like I work for this mm-hmm. <laughs> I am this and own it you know like own yeah. it like I really have to check myself sometimes and mm-hmm. I have yeah okay can you tell us exactly what a fashion and beauty editor at large does because there's a lot of young like I didn't know so many different careers existed as a young teenager mm-hmm. so like what is your typical what yeah. all do you do okay. So what I love the most about my job is that it's so textured and that no day is the same. So um, I'm very involved in the beauty copy and beauty coverage um, in InStyle and on InStyle.com. So one day I might be in the office writing a beauty story. I might be interviewing Sir John, Beyonce's makeup artist, who's a good friend of mine, for a story. The next day I might be on a shoot with Rihanna for the cover. The next day I might be in Monaco on a press trip with Lancome. Um, and the next day I might be on air on the Today Show doing a fashion story. So I just saw that recently. Yeah. You were, I'm like, wow. <laughs> so that's what's so, I think, cool about my job now where I am pretty much have my hands in like so many different things. Um, and, you know, starting off, I was very specific beauty. You know, right. I was attending beauty events, representing the magazine at Beauty um, events, writing beauty copy and all the beauty coverage. Those were my pages. Okay. Now my role has evolved where I'm pretty much a face of the magazine and mm-hmm. I do um, fashion segments. I do shoots. I, you know, I use connections to book celebrities. So yeah. it's, I'm being pulled in so many different things where, you know, over the years I've been able to maintain these relationships with brands and, and celebrities and makeup artists and hairstylists. So I step in when um, there's really big, a lot of big picture um, um, stories are happening or events are happening, press trips, um, working with advertisers and partners, creating content, nice. being an event. So it's really um, varied. And I think that that's what's so cool about it. Yeah, it, it looks so fun based on what we see. But I, I just I have to ask this question. Have you ever interviewed a celebrity and just been completely surprised by like how nice they were or like something you never expected in a celebrity. Yes. <laughs> that we, we would think would like that we would think would be fun. Okay. Tell us. Yes. Um, I have. I'll, okay. So I've met so many people and it's funny because as an, as a beauty editor, we used to shoot this story called beauty talk and we would sh- actually, now we use, um, portraits, but we would actually have a physical shoot for um, this. So I've been able to meet so many people. And um, Rihanna was like, I remember we shot Rihanna. I shot Rihanna. It was like right after Umbrella uh-huh. happened. And I met her and I was like, this girl, like she is the girl that you just want to hang out with. Like she, really? she's just like so trill, just so real. Some, you know, some celebrities, sometimes you meet them and there's this kind of like a, you know, there's like a mask over and it's like, who are you really? You know, yeah, what I mean? like, right, right. So, like, contrived, contrived right? Oh, so, like, professional, and this the same smile, the same handshake, and your answers. Are- <laughs> like, Rihanna was not that. Like, okay, like she was like the chick that you're like, okay, so what are you doing after this shoot? Let's go get drinks. You Let's, know, right? Like, okay. You no, know, she was that. So, like, she was. She's definitely one of my favorites, just because she's a real chick. Like, it's yeah, a girl that I feel like is unapologetic about who she is. Mm-hmm. I just, I just love her so much. If you follow me for a while, you know I say finish something. That's all you have to do. Finish one thing at a time and you will build momentum. 
Our sponsor, FreshBooks, wants you to build momentum for your business in 2017. How, you ask? By freeing up more of your time so that you can focus on the things you really need to be focused on. You see, FreshBooks has created some really super easy to use cloud accounting software for us self-employed folks who would rather spend their time building their businesses than dealing with all kinds of paperwork. Now, FreshBooks has been around for a while, but recently, using everything they've learned over the past 13 years about how freelancers work, FreshBooks has rebuilt their platform from the ground up. It's on a whole new level, y'all. You can send clean and professional looking invoices in about 30 seconds. With just two clicks, you can set yourself up to receive payments online and you know we need that. You can also take pictures of receipts on your phone, which makes claiming your expenses a million times easier. For your 30-day unrestricted free trial, just go to freshbooks.com backslash my taught you and enter my taught you in the how did you hear about a section. Now I want to get into some like boss Kalana um, questions. So these are, I'm going to ask you questions to, to give advice to like people who are trying to come up. Okay. So you, you work in fashion and I, I was just on your Instagram and saw you had the like shorts on, like the, the tall boots. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some people might look at that on Instagram and think like, um, I'm going to go to work like that. Like if I'm an intern, <laughs> so ha- talk to us, what are some appropriate things to wear to work when you are starting? Um, I think. You know, I or think, is that appropriate? Because they see you doing that. Should, right. should they do that well, too? It definitely depends on what type of job you have. So right. I work in a creative environment. So I definitely think it's important for you to show your sense of style. Does uh-huh. that mean that I'm ever walking into the office with booty shorts on? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, I'm not. But do I wear jeans? Do I wear hats? Do I put yes. accessories? Like I definitely am authentic in my style. Um, and always try to let my style reflect how I'm feeling in my mood and, I think that that's important because I think that your your sense of style says so much about you without you having to open your mouth. And it's oftentimes a first impression. And so I do think that whenever you're, you know, getting ready for work, there should be a bit of you in your look. You know, what colors make you happy? What do you feel most comfortable in? Like, uh-huh. like for me, like I genuinely love black. Like I love black. I always feel chic and black. I always feel like um, you know, like I, I, it's appropriate for any occasion. Like, uh-huh. you know, some people it might be, you know, pink or that makes them happy. Like, I feel like you should always just think about your mood and always try to, um, always try to have a, have your personality reflect the way you dress. People ask me this. I, you know, I, I like to hire black interns all the time. Like uh-huh. that's very important to me. And I think as a, as a woman of color working in, um, the magazines is very important for me to to help to bring, it takes somebody like me to, for us to, to for me to see more color in a magazine, it yep. takes me to hire people of color and to help them get that experience. You know, sometimes I have girls who have natural hair and they want to know like, you know, should I put a weave in my hair or uh-huh. okay to wear like, you know, re- being really like self-conscious about like whether they can embrace their natural hair. And I always say, be you, like yes. who you are. And if you can't be you, then this isn't the right thing for you. Wow. Uh, wear your natural hair. That's whatever it is about you that makes you uniquely you play that up. Yes. Me, like I have really big full lips and I wear bright red lipstick almost every single day. (laughs) You know, that's become my signature because it, 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 to me, it's what I can offer to the world is is my individuality and my uniqueness. And so I, I don't play that down in any way. So I always say like, you know, especially like when you're working in a creative work environment, show your style. Obviously, you know, don't, you know, walk into the office like you're going to the club. Right. Definitely have your personality reflected in your appearance. Got it. Okay. So when you are interviewing, um, because you do like to have black interns, like what is something that you are looking for? Like when I'm interviewing, Mm -hmm. I'm searching for heart. You know what I mean? Like, because I feel like there's, people know how to interview now. Because there was every website, like back in the day, you just had to know. But mm-hmm. like, what is something that you may be looking for? So what catches your eye or your ear? Passion, 100% mm-hmm. passion. Like, I, I want to know why you want this job. And mm-hmm. I want to know that you actually have, you know, done your research and you actually, 
this isn't something that you, oh, you just seen me on Instagram and you think I live this fly life. So you're like, okay, I want to do that. But yeah. Like, you actually genuinely like, this is what you would do. Like, I'm telling you, my league, like I would have done, I would have interned for free. I would have shined the shoes of any editor. I would have yep. lunch every day. Like, I want to know that you have that passion because I have hired interns who ha- do not have that passion and have okay. acted like they were above you know, certain things. And it's like, if I'm a director and I don't have any problem, you know, riding the subway to go pick up this sample from somewhere, then you definitely shouldn't as an intern. Right. So I want to know that you'll pretty much do, you know, that you're passionate about this, that you will do anything to get your foot in the door and like soak up, soak it up like a sponge. Um, And that I think that that, and also like, people that know their stuff. Like you want to work for me. You want to work for this magazine. Can you tell me like, what are your favorite, what are your favorite sections? What, like, what, what are your, some of your favorite stories? If you can't tell me a story that's ran in the magazine, then you have not done your research and you're right. Not, this is not, this is not for you. I'm not going to hire you. So like, I just want, I like people that are tight. Like you are on it. Like I can ask you a question. You could give me an honest, passionate answer and, and, and you know, your stuff. In, yes. Now you've done your research. You've done your homework. Like this isn't just something that you oh, because I think that you know this will be a glamorous job that you want to do. Oh. No, like you're really passionate about this. Right. So I was gonna say, what's the worst thing you think someone can say or do in an interview? Basically, well, there's many things. Yes. Um, <laughs> there's many things. But when you when you can't tell me when you can't tell me why you want the job, like you then that. Okay. You articulate like, why you want the job. That's one thing. Um, and when you're too comfortable, I'm sorry. Like, Ooh, yes. Like, there is something to be said about professionalism. And I think that one thing that's happened in our world, social media has made people, you know, uh-huh. people a little bit too comfortable. Like, do not send me a thank you, um, a thank you email with an exit, an exit. Oh, hugs and kisses at the end, signing off that way. Yeah. I don't know you like that. That's right. Not- no, like that's not professional. So like, I hate when it's like, girl, like, oh my God, girl, you be, yes. like, I'm not your girl. Like I am <laughs> your girl. Like I would have never stepped to any editor. No. Like, I'll tell you this, this story. So when I first started at InStyle, there was a black, um, black editor. Her name was Sydney Bolden. She was the style director at InStyle. When I tell you for all the black girls in my generation coming up, she was like, it. We all wanted okay. to her. She's fly. She's elegant. She's poised. She always, her hair was always popping. She's smart. She's beautiful. She, and she has style. Mm-hmm. And as a young black girl wanting to work in fashion, she was what I aspired to be. She okay. was that model for me. And she was at InStyle. So when I started, I remember like, again, having that goosebumps, like walking past her office, like, mm-hmm. oh, Sydney Bolden. Oh my God. Like, so, <laughs> Of course, like I would have loved for her to take me under her wings and mentor me, um, you know, all those things that like, you know, naturally I wanted just to be like her little sister. Right. But I am a professional, you know, like I do not like I'm never going to come knocking on her door like I know her at all or or feeling entitled to anything. So right. Out of respect, just her being a black woman, somebody that I just respected, of course. Like my very first day I went to her office and I just introduced myself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my name's Kalana Barfield. Like I just started here. Like, you know, I just want to introduce myself to you. If there's anything you ever need, I am here. Like I would love to assist you in any way possible, you know, and that was it. And so I wanted to literally every day I walk past her office, I would say hello, ask her, but I wanted to build a genuine relationship with her. Right. Ever asking her to do anything for me. Yep. Nowadays, like people hit me on Instagram, DM me, would love for you to be my intern, uh, would love for me, me for, love for you to be my mentor. Right. Of, but it's like, you need to build up to that. Like, right. how do you know you want me to be your mentor? You don't even know me. Like, right. you don't know me. And also, I don't know you. So, like, can we form some type of relationship? Can you try to find another way to like, maybe it's like, okay, I would love to meet with you for an informational interview and see where that takes it. You know, yep. like those things like I and Sydney did become being my mentor, but like that was years of right years of like building up to that. And I never forced anything. I was always very professional with her. I never, I let, I literally just like kind of let it build 
you know, until she invited me to lunch and she, you know, right. not that you can't propose those things, but definitely it, just, it takes time. You can't just date like, Hey, you no. know, I would love to do dinner. No, 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 no. no, no you, you know, what's crazy is that I have known about you for years. Right. And so I, I just think that like, I have been a fan from afar Mm -hmm. and I was not like, my way is not like, Oh, let me contact Kalana. Mm -hmm. My, my thing is I am going to continue to surround myself with people that eventually someone will say, why don't you guys know each other? Which is kind of what happened. It took a couple years and it wasn't like, and I mean like every year people would be like, why don't you don't know Kalana? I'm like, I I know who she is. I don't know her. Okay. And then finally, I think Joanna Simkin, who was on the, who was on the podcast Mm -hmm. was like, do you mind if I send an email and connect you guys? And I'm like, sure. And that's the thing is like you, I just, it's, and it's not I believe in forced relationships, period. You right? don't need to force them. And it's just like, if you kind of just do you stay in your lane, it, it's not, you know, that you can't ever reach out, but yeah. like eventually if you're running in the right circles and you're meeting the right people, then somebody will say, Oh my God, like, why don't you know her? Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's like, to the point where I went from not knowing you to just having two glasses of wine with you a couple of weekends right. ago in New Orleans. Right. And it's just like, right be be okay letting things happen naturally and they may take time um but i'm gonna gear shift because i do have to we do have a listener question but you are a wife and a mother you know we've seen your wedding insane Mm -hmm. off the chain but Mm -hmm. i guess i'm just like with all this getting to the office at seven o'clock and dusting you know lysol and dusting and staying till 10 Mm -hmm. how in the heck I'm guessing, I guess when, I'm guessing when you left Seattle and decided to not take the Nordstrom job, high school boyfriend had, he fell off. Out the window. (laughs) So (laughs) he's done. Right. Like, it's so difficult. I remember uh, another entrepreneur basically telling me never take your love life off the table. And that was like three years ago. And I, and I believed her. And so I'm in a relationship. I've been with my guy for two years now, but like, how did you, uh, what made you decide, okay, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to do this. I, I'm going to have some balance. I will say like, you know, it can be really hard for, you know, a young girl in New York to meet someone, especially when you're like really focused on your career, like laser focused on your mm-hmm. career. I was. And I think that I hadn't, for many years, I hadn't really met anyone because my life was my job. Mm-hmm. And I do tell people all the time, like, if you want to meet somebody, like you have to start to put yourself in environments to meet people. Okay. You know? And so I really focused on my career, like spent, you know, my twenties, like my, especially my early twenties, like focus, focus, focus on my career. Okay. Then I reached a point, I think maybe when I became like beauty director or senior beauty editor, where it was like, okay, now I'm not, I don't have to stay in the office. You know, I have an assistant. I don't have to stay in the office so late. And I learned how to kind of balance things where it was like, you know, be more efficient in the times that you're in the office too. Mm-hmm. Also, like I started to wake up earlier and just like really just try to be more productive throughout my day so that I'm able to kind of have more of a social life. And I just made a choice where it was like one summer where I was just like, okay, I'm going to put in my work, but I'm still going to have fun. Okay. And that summer that I met my now husband And I feel like until then, I really wasn't ready. Like I was trying to climb the ladder. And I think, you know, and I did, I was able to get promoted every two years. You know, I just reached a point where it was like, okay, now I'm ready because I think that I really know I have this thing figured out. I know how to to, um, be efficient in the amount of time that I'm in this space. And I also know how to prioritize. And I know that if I have to come in on the weekends, I will, but I still want to have, you know, fun. I still want to be able to have um, be able to have somebody to, to spend this life with. And so when I kind of reached that point in my career where I felt like I really was able to grow and climb up the ladder that, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm here now. Now I'm ready to, you know, to have a partner. And so I met him that summer and we just have fun. Like, you know, it, it's so funny. Like when you meet your soulmate, like yes, him and I was just like, we just clicked and I just knew. How did you meet him though? I met him. It's so funny. I met him in Brooklyn mm-hmm. at the West Indian Parade, the Labor Day Parade. <laughs> Marley. I met him at the Labor Day Parade. Like we literally just bumped into each other. Wow. And- I remember we just like literally talked for like, and first of all, I wasn't even going to go to the parade. Like I was like, what am I supposed to wear to a parade? Like, I don't know. <laughs> my friend, my really good friend, um, she was like, okay, you've been living in Brooklyn for like 
five years. Like, even if we don't go, we don't stay, you have to go to the West Indian Parade. Like, this is Brooklyn, like, heritage. Like, you have to go. So I was like, okay. So I went. And thank God, like, I went because I ended up meeting my husband there. And that's another thing. Like, so many people put, like, oh, you know, I have to meet my person this way or I need to meet somebody who I need a reference. I need somebody to know the person that I'm meeting or I need to write somebody at a bar. It's like, no, you don't know like what God has in store for you. Like you really don't know. So I never was that person that like had all this like checkoff list. Like I have to meet my man this way or I have to do this. Like I was just open, you know, and literally bumped into him. We went on our first date and like literally the rest was the rest was history. Like I have seen him every day since since then yes and now you're a mom how are you I remember the last time I saw you in New York you were like okay my nanny is not playing with me I gotta go right (laughs) you know and it's it's that where it's like okay like now I I have to it's like I have to be out the door at I have to leave my job at six o'clock on the dot like I have to be home at 6 30 because I have to relieve the nanny you know Right. But I think it's also just having an amazing husband who like we hold each other down. Nice. Like job, you know, he you know, he has to travel for work. Like I know that okay, this week I'm gonna have to be home at I can't plan any dinners, you know, this week. Right. Like I have to be home. I just can't do it. Like or vice versa. Like I have to travel. Like he's like, Okay, baby, I got you. Like, don't worry. Like he knows that I I have to work. Like, or is it like you, you know, am I are we going to are you going to work remotely and are we going to you know you're going to if I have to go to LA are you and Dylan going to come with me yeah just work together that's amazing that's what it is it's like and I think that that's what marriage is about like it's like he's my best friend and we find a way to make it work and we hold each other down and like Dylan is the love of our lives and we her and, you know, we make sure that, you know, even just being at home, it's like my husband, he's like not on social media like that. So, yeah, home, it's like, OK, there's a time where it's like I have to completely turn off my phone because I have to yeah. be in the moment with my family. That's- and so it's just like being able to set boundaries yeah. and like having these things that you stick to. Um, and that's just that. Like that. Yeah, I got to work on that because me and my boo, like we be just on the phone together. Sometimes I'm like, okay, we need to put our phones down. Right, right, right. Um, or, you know, I just, I was flying home, what is it, two days ago or yesterday or something. And I was like, wow, I haven't seen him in six days. But, mm-hmm. you know, it just doesn't feel like that because when someone just respects the fact that you have to work and move around, like I never have felt like any sort of guilt or anything. It's like, right. all right, I'll see you when you get back. Like, do what you got to do. Right, do what and you got to do. Yeah. Before, okay, I have a listener question, but before okay. I do, you... You said that you wear reds. Like you, we gotta know us black girls. What are the best? Like, what are your favorite red lipsticks for for us brown girls? Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> must know, must know. So my absolute favorite lipstick for brown girls is Nars. It's a matte. It's called their matte velvet lip pencil in Dragon oh, Girl. Yep, that is and the bomb. I love, I love it so much because I feel like it's a blue base red. It's not. Mm-hmm. I feel like it looks really good against our skin tone. Mm-hmm. I also like the finish of it where it's super matte, but it doesn't look like dry and cracky. It look dry. Yeah. Like there's a velvet finish to it. Okay. Because people will say, ask me all the time, like, it doesn't look like that on me. The key is like, you have to layer, 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 layer. Yes. layer. Like, you can't just like, like, put it on. Like, you have to be aggressive with it and like really, really, really <laughs> right. That's my favorite. That's my signature. I love okay. Ruby Woo too. Like, Ruby, yeah. Ruby Woo is good for me. We got the same red because I'm a dragon girl and a Ruby Woo girl. Yeah, those are my two favorite. And then, you know what? I discovered a, another one. Um, mm-hmm. I was in Atlanta doing a speaking engagement, and um, Latasha Wright, she's a makeup artist based mm-hmm. yep. on my makeup. And she knew that, you know, that I loved reds. And she has her own line, I think it's called like, the right look. Yeah. This red called, I believe it's called red carpet. Okay. Amazing. Is it? Okay. It Put that on my list. Pops. Yeah. It pops against our skin tone. It's bright. It doesn't move. And it's a liquid lipstick mm-hmm. and it dries down, but it's not drying on your lips, but it's really, it, it has a really good finish to it. I like it a lot. Okay. Then I'll trade you one. I like this one by the lip bar. Uh, mm-hmm. she's a black girl out of Detroit and it's called boss lady. I think mm-hmm. it's at target.com. Amazing. It's okay. like, it's in one, it's like, cause I'm a dragon girl, Ruby woo girl, but mm-hmm. boss lady is now in my makeup bag, like permanently. Okay. I'm going to get that one too. Okay. Yes. Alrighty. So 
I'm gonna, I have a listener question and it's a little bit long, so I'm gonna get to it and it's a fashion question. So I hope that you can help us all who need some help. Okay. Okay, so she says, she promises that this won't be too long, but she really needs to get the full story out. First things first, I'm not what you would consider a plain Jane. In fact, my look is rather unique in the corporate world that I work in. I'm an African-American woman with a curly Afro that I will usually wear in a twist out or pulled into a puff. I have huge eyes and a lot of freckles. My issue is I don't wear any makeup and I honestly don't really know how to properly apply it to my face. I want to cover blemishes, but not my freckles. And I want to do eye makeup, but my eyes are so big. Mascara gets everywhere and I end up looking like a raccoon with eyes eyeliner. Also, my everyday fashion sense is not so good. I say everyday because that is the case. People would not believe that I would be writing this to you because I need to go out on, if I need to go out on a special occasion or I'm posting a photo on social media, it looks like I'm doing fine in this area. Mm-hmm. I know how to stage a decent photo, fiddle mm-hmm. with that good filter and pick out and wear a nice dress to attend a wedding. But I know on a day-to-day basis, I struggle with my appearance and it's really starting to haze on the effect on my life and career. I know I come into work looking crazy sometimes. My clothes are mostly ill-fitting due to the baby I just had and just overly wearing them in general. And I probably look sickly because I'm not wearing an ounce of makeup. Does chapstick count? I'm married now, but I will never forget an old boyfriend who said that he always knew that I would be fine if we ever had to go out somewhere, but it was my everyday look that he was concerned about. (laughs) He said this in a loving way, so I don't think he was trying to down me. He just wanted to give me some helpful advice, but it still hurt and I try to fix it, but I have been kind of unsuccessful long term. Recently, I was invited to a woman's home who is a big wig in the industry that I work in. She happens to be a black woman as well and the sister to the mother's close friend. She's married with no kids and literally worked her way up from the bottom in her industry to be one of the top players in the game. She is retired. Just a little backstory on her. I dressed appropriately to the meeting, in my opinion. I had a nice semi-casual dress from J. Crew with a necklace my cousin gifted me from his trip to Africa, a suede open-toe sandal with a strap around the ankle and a small heel. She was wearing something even more casual, barefoot, mid-calf length skirt. And to be honest, her hair didn't look all that done. But then again, this is her home and she can wear whatever she wants. We talked, had some wine, and just lounged on her couch. At the end, however, she began to verbally evaluate me on the spot, which I was definitely not prepared for. She began to give me information on what to wear, what to wear to an interview, nice slacks and a suit. I'm 33 and I'm well aware of what to wear. I just didn't think this was a formal interview. That's why I was caught off guard. I started to begin to feel as though she was telling me this because she didn't find what I was wearing appropriate. She even told me a story about how when she was new in the industry and didn't know anything about dressing, that she only owned jeans and t-shirt and she had an interview and the person that she interviewed snickered secretly behind her back because of the way she was dressed. She began to tell me that I really just need to make sure that I was dressed correctly. She gave me a lot of other advice related to interviewing. She said, I appreciated it. I appreciated it, but I honestly wanted to cry. Um, we have a little bit more to go. My husband tries to help me. He's a really good dresser. And ironically, I dress and purchase clothes for him. Uh, my one-year-old hinders me at times, but that's no excuse. My reason for coming to you right now is because I'm about to start a new job. I really want to be on point always and look great every day. I don't know what to do. And I'm frightened that I will start off on a good foot and slowly my look will revert. Should I have a schedule of when I go get my nails done, although I never do this anyway because of time restrictions. Should I do online makeup tutorials? I don't know. For clothing, I end up buying three to five pieces of clothing and then completely wear them out. I wear all my shoes out. Um, Like I said, I have a jump start, but I'm going back to frumpy. I'm not rich by any means, but I can afford to buy clothes. I just don't know what to buy, what to wear, and even what to wear that's not super professional but still looks good. I hope you can understand this lengthy email. And I feel like I need to be one of those makeover shows, but seriously, she's like, I trust your opinion. And so I'm passing this on to you. And And I felt like sometimes it's such a bummer when, somebody we respect sort of comments on our clothing, you know, like we're kind of insecure about it. And then, yeah, yeah, and then it's like, dang, but okay. Kalana, I felt like who better than you to help her out? So I think for one, I think she needs to make it her business to Uh figure out her signature look. Mm. When I say that, like, I think that like everybody has, I think that there's like something that looks good on everybody. And when you establish what that is, I mm-hmm. think you stay into that lane. Okay. Like I know that like, I think I look good in jeans and I think I look good. I kind of have like an oversized, like, you know, look going on, mm-hmm. like it falls nicely on me. So I stay in that lane. Okay. Um, 
And the same with makeup. It's like, you know, I love a red lip. And I think that there's something to be said about like having a signature look. My nails are always white. Like, you know, I I, I noticed that. And I got white tonal polish on because I, I noticed your toes were white in, in New Orleans and then in the pictures. And I was like, well, I'm going to try white too. Yeah. When, white's not my signature. I'm going back to my pink. Yeah, uh, but, but you tried it. But I tried it. So I was like, maybe I tried it. Yes, yes. You know, I think what happened for me, and, and I'm going to get to her, but like, mm-hmm. I think what happened for me is working in fashion, like, you know, trying so many different things. And also, like, one thing that I think the biggest piece of advice that I could give anybody when it comes to, to fashion is to not chase trends. Mm. Do not chase trends because when you chase trends, you spend all this money and it's like, okay, next season I got to, you know, like I'm, th- I wouldn't be caught dead in that right. At least for me, like for me, you know, buying all of this. And it's like, okay, that is not, so I always try to like stay in neutral colors. I try not to do like really recognizable patterns and prints where it's like, you know, like I can only wear it so many times because if I keep wearing it, like it just looks like I'm wearing the same thing. So I love neutral colors. I love black. I love white. I love, you know, things that, and I love classics like blazers, pants, you know, and I, and I try to find what, when I, when I know a brand fits me well within that brand. Um, when it comes to makeup, I think maybe it's about like investing in a tutorial with someone like, Mm. it's like, okay, you know, I have Joanna, thank God, like, you know, that's the hookup and I use her for so many things, but it's like, Joe, like, can you show me how to do my makeup? Can I, can you show me how to do my makeup so that when you're not here, I can do it on my own. So maybe it's her investing in having a one-on-one with a makeup artist to figure out what, how it is the easy way to kind of do my makeup every day and have them teach her how to do it, tell her what products to buy. And, you know, like just literally investing in having a session of okay. makeup session with it a makeup artist to figure out what looks good on her and teach her how to do her makeup. And that's a few hundred dollars typically, just so people know, you know, it's hundred dollars. But once you figure it out, then it's uh like, you got your makeup done. You got, you have your makeup look, you know, nailed and you can do it yourself. But sometimes it's worth just investing in yourself. I feel like, um, because it, it will carry you a long way. and, And the same with clothes. I think it's like for her, kind of figuring out what's flattering on her body type. I think you really can't go wrong with like blazers, you know, camisoles and like sticking in the neutrals, okay. um, the neutrals, because I think that, um, and, and really sticking with classic silhouettes, because I think that um, you'll be able to get more, more life out of them. You know, like everybody should have a, you know, black strappy, sa- black strappy sandal, a nude strappy sandal, a black pump, a nude pump. Like these are things that are just like staples. Okay all else fails you can you yeah. know, always wear those things um yes i think it does take some playing around and seeing what works for her body type uh-huh. like staying in that lane you know like you can't everybody i don't i don't try to wear what everybody's wearing because that might not work for my body or might not work for me and right. it's nice when somebody else can do it there's things that my friend my girl carlene she can wear we're carlene yes, like carlene can wear on a silk robe Yes, she can wear that and it's like, girl, you know, that looks amazing on her. But like on me, it might not. But this, I can wear things that maybe she, you know, she, so, you know, know what works for you. Mm-hmm. And like stick to that. Um, but, I, but I would say with her, like investing in those classics, you know. Okay. And then another thing that I do try to do when I'm just to amp up the style factor, it's like if I'm wearing a black blazer, I'm going to try to find one with an interesting cut. Maybe interesting shoulders, maybe interesting sleeves, or okay. something that takes it just beyond being a you know just a basic Banana Republic blazer. You right. know what I mean? Like right. find something that has some type of interesting shape, and that just jazzes it up. Where it's like, okay, that's a it just makes it look very chic, but there's some interest to it. Got you know it. What I mean? Yeah. Now I guess the last part is her schedule. How does she? You know, does she need to plan this? Because you know, for the person who doesn't just wake up feeling inspired, like what should she do? I, you know, one thing that I, especially when I had a baby, um, I just started to like really wake up so much earlier Mm -hmm. and like, you know, and I think she said she has a new baby and like, Mm -hmm. like now, like maybe she's like trying to lose a baby weight and that might be limiting in terms of her fashion. But like I made it my business where it was like, I'm about to lose this weight. So if I have to get up at the crack of dawn at 5am and go running to lose this weight or to do what I have to do to shop online or do whatever I have to do, I just do it. I wake up. Like I just wake up and try to do as much as I can before work, whether it's in doing something for myself, going to the gym, like mm-hmm. and working, even if it's only for 30 minutes or 20 minutes, like yep. it. 
And I did it for, that's something that's going to, that's my time to myself, something that's going to benefit me um, and something that that's productive. So like, I think it's like trying to make more use out of your time, but like waking up a little bit earlier sometimes just really helps. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Kalana, we are at our hour. And- we are not. I'm not. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just like Carlene. Carlene's like, no. Um, that time flew by. Yes. Where can we find you all over, like for socials, for those who have not yet met you? Where can we, we find you? On social, I'm at Kalana Barfield. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. Okay. I just, I thank you so much. This was like a dream come true for myself and for, I think my listeners, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Thank you so much for having me.